How to Help Poor Countries Protect Nature. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The Biden administration acted last week to preserve rivers, lakes, and forests in northeastern Minnesota that have been threatened by copper and nickel mining. More than 225,000 acres of the Superior National Forest will now be protected from mining for at least 20 years. The ban includes the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness, the most heavily visited wilderness area in the U.S. The region is described as a paradise of woods and water and a world-class outdoor destination serving as an economic engine for hundreds of businesses and thousands of people. The administration said that it was responding to concerns about potential impacts to fish, wildlife, the rights of tribes, and the robust recreation economy. Some Republicans criticized the administration saying that the minerals are needed for renewable energy and electric vehicles. Yet at the same time, Biden is advancing projects in countries like Congo where child labor has been used in cobalt mines. Biden's protection of the Boundary Waters is a return to an Obama-era policy that had killed a nearby copper and nickel mine, which former President Trump then revived. It's being called an environmental nightmare. Tiny plastic pellets the size of lentils have been washing up on beaches in France and Spain over the past two months as winter winds and water currents drag the pollution on shore. Technically known as industrial plastic granules, the beads are melted and then shaped into common products. But during their manufacture and transport, as many as 10 trillion of the pellets escape into waterways every year. Collecting them is tedious, as volunteers with the Surfrider Foundation Europe found recently while trying in vain to sift them out of beach sand before they could be mistaken as food by marine life. It's nearly impossible to say where the beads came from, but many environmental groups suspect shipping containers that fell into the ocean. Lacking the ability to name a guilty party is not stopping several mayors in the affected regions, along with the French government, from taking legal action last week against the unknown perpetrators, conceding the move may be more symbolic than fruitful. We may never be able to pinpoint the source of the pellets in the ocean, but since they're ingested by fish we eat, we do know where they'll end up on dinner plates. In cold weather, people use layers of clothing to keep warm and then peel them off when it gets too hot. Now researchers at the University of Chicago have applied the same concept to buildings. They've designed a multi-layered material that contains copper particles that can change from a solid that retains warmth to a watery state that emits heat. When conditions are cold, copper, which is good at absorbing heat, is deposited on a film layer to retain that warmth. Using a small amount of electricity that's a fraction of what's currently used to maintain temperatures in buildings, the material can then shed the copper particles to reflect sunlight and keep a building cool. Their concept could greatly increase the efficiency of buildings, which consume about 40% of global energy and are responsible for about 30% of greenhouse gas emissions, with indoor heating and cooling being a major contributor. The researchers imagine that their material could be assembled 
like shingles into large sheets. The watery phase is transparent and any color could be put behind it without affecting its heat absorption properties. They also show how the material could cut energy costs of buildings in 15 U.S. cities, saving almost 8.5% of their annual energy consumption. And finally, Cape Verde, or officially the Republic of Cabo Verde, is an island nation off the west coast of Africa known as a global hotspot for marine biodiversity. But the ocean that has sustained livelihoods and supported tourism is now threatening the country's existence as sea levels rise and fish populations decline from increasing ocean acidity. Add to that, the archipelago is sinking in debt much of it owed to its former colonizer, Portugal. So it was welcome news this week that the Portuguese government agreed to forgive a portion of that debt in exchange for Cape Verde protecting its environment. The move is part of a growing trend of debt-for-nature deals where countries often in the global south and poor economically but rich in biodiversity swap their burden with wealthier nations that are trying to meet promised climate targets. The swaps aren't new. Bolivia, Costa Rica, and Belize made debt-for-nature agreements in the 1980s where funds were used to establish parks, conserve ecosystems, and even do research into medicinal uses of tropical plants. Reuters reported last week that Zambia is considering a debt-for-nature swap proposal from the World Wildlife Fund, the African nation known for its famous Victoria Falls, is increasingly threatened by deforestation and climate change. That's it for This Week in Water, which is sponsored today by our contributary, 15-year-old Braden Cronin of Colorado. Braden said, I donated to H2O Radio because they tell interesting stories, don't lie, and keep me wanting more. Thanks for listening, Braden. See you next week.